It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of the same for the Orlando Magic after a disappointing game Tuesday, a disappointing game Wednesday, and a whole lot more. Oh boy. What the Orlando Magic need to do to make some change and get back on the winning track, and why so much of it is now out of their own control. We'll get to it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is December 29th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, another disappointing, frustrating effort from the Orlando Magic as the good times seem to be behind us and the hard times seem to be just starting up a little bit. The Orlando Magic going to be facing some major penalties. We'll talk about the fight. We'll talk about everything else in a game that is one to forget and how the Magic now move forward and begin to set themselves up. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Obviously, the place to start is what everyone's talking about and what's going to dominate the headlines for the for the Orlando Magic and what we're going to end up talking about uh, on tomorrow's show as well. Uh, with 33 seconds left to play in the second quarter, the Magic turned the ball over because they were playing a lazy, unfocused game once again. And Mo Wagner did what he's supposed to do. You know, just kind of, you know, not touch the ball, just kind of guide it out of bounds and try and put the, and try, you know, burn some, time off the clock or, you know, just, it, 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 I don't even know if that's what he's supposed to do. It, Mo Wagner was letting the ball roll out of bounds and Killian Hayes was sneaking up trying to get the ball and, and get an easy basket. 
what probably should have happened in this case is Mo Wagner should have rushed up and touched the ball for the backcourt violation. This ended the play there. Um, but instead, he gave a little bit of a hip check, a little bit of a shove to Killian Hayes, sending him into the Detroit Pistons bench. It was a flagrant foul. It was a bad foul. It, dirty is maybe a little far, but it wasn't a basketball play. And Mo, Va- and Mo Wagner was penalized fairly appropriately for it. Um, it. It it was not a basketball play. It should not have happened. And the whole situation should have been avoided. What Killian Hayes did after should have never happened too. Killian Hayes was angry with the play. Uh, Hamadou Diallo was also angry with the play. And Hamadou Diallo actually shoves Mo Wagner directly into the Pistons bench, and that's what really kind of tipped this thing over. Killian Hayes gets up and throws a punch at Mo Va- at the back of Mo Wagner's head. That gets the whole Pistons bench up. That gets the whole Magic bench up, and they and and several Magic players actually go from their own bench to the Detroit bench. There's a fracas. There's a a meeting of the minds, meeting of other things, and. Eventually, everyone's separated. Mo Wagner is ejected with flagrant two foul. Again, the right penalty for the play, especially with what came afterward. Hamadou Diallo and Killian Hayes are ejected as well. And now we're just going to wait for Thursday. And, and maybe by the time you listen to this, penalties will be brought down. But now we wait for official word from the NBA because several of the Magic's players, including Franz Wagner, including Wendell Carter, including Cole Anthony, I mean, essentially the whole Magic bench outside of Terrence Ross, because he's a veteran and knows what to do, went to the other side of the court during this uh, during this thing that happened. The Magic will likely be down several players for Friday's game and possibly some players down for Wednesday's game because of what is a mandatory one-game suspension for leaving the bench during a fight. That's what this was. That's what happened. It's what everyone's talking about from this game. And as I told uh, our, our, our friend Kuhil of Locked On Pistons uh, when I was talking to them live as this happened, like, look, the main goal when you're a team at the bottom of the standings is don't do something nationally to embarrass yourself. And, and, and that's what happened in this game. And unfortunately, that's what everyone's going to remember and what everyone's going to talk about from this game. And it's what's going to last about this game because, you know, the Magic are in a playoff, or the Magic hope they're in a postseason chase. Maybe we can't say that out loud anymore, but... The Magic hope they're in a postseason chase. And A, this is a game you can't drop if you want to be in the postseason, even with the schedule disadvantage that the Magic are at. But B, you can't let this game affect other games. And unfortunately, that's what happened. This game was over, frankly, before this whole thing broke out. The Pistons were up 17. The Magic were visibly frustrated. Their body language told you how frustrated they were. And frankly... The Magic just weren't super engaged. Instead of responding to Tuesday's loss to the Los Angeles Lakers and responding to how poorly they played in that game and the lack of energy they showed in that game, they went out and did it again. And, you know, you recall at the at, during yesterday's show, what I said was most important and why Wednesday's game was so vital is that it had to be proof that they weren't backsliding, that they weren't going back into the same problems that built a nine-game losing streak. Because as much as winning eight of nine pushed the Magic back in the postseason chase, and and look, they're not out of it. Two games isn't a reason to panic yet. Uh, It is establishing a pattern now. And this is a young team that's still learning how to win. 
And so they're going to make mistakes. They're going to ha- they're going to falter. They're going to deal with stuff. And, and 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 we'll get to some of that stuff toward the end of the show. But the Magic have to know their way to play, and they have to know that they can be better than this. Because once again, like Tuesday night, there was nothing positive to say about the game. There's nothing positive to say about the way the Magic played on the floor. The ball stuck. They didn't move it. When the three-pointers weren't falling, and credit to the Magic, they didn't take a ton of three-pointers in this game. I, I, I think 30, 31, 32 is probably the right number of attempts. They were at 29, so they, or 22, I think. They understood they weren't making threes. They didn't go for them. But the ball stuck. They didn't move it well. They didn't get open shots. They really struggled to get into that rhythm, and they let that offense affect their defense. What started off as a pretty solid defensive effort that helped Orlando stake an early nine-point lead. It really looked like, hey, the Magic may not be making shots, but they're going to defend. And they're going to use that as the base to kind of grow to kind of grow themselves out. Instead, it became an abysmal defensive effort. The Pistons got straight line drives to the basket. They got to the foul line. They shot forty free throws in this game. That's that's that's. That's not just a team determined to get the foul line. Look, the Magic are third in the league in free throw rate. The Pistons are second in the league in free throw rate. The Magic do have a problem defending without fouling. It maybe shouldn't have been that much of a surprise that that combination didn't play out well for Orlando. But Orlando can play much better defense. They played much better defense through the first five, six minutes of the game. But the rest of the game was allowing three-point shooters, crunching in too much in the paint, giving up that first line of defense, giving up shots at the basket, and ultimately giving up open threes. Orlando's bench did not bring energy, did not lift the team up as it had during the win streak. Instead, it buried the team. The Magic lost this game in the second quarter. They got scored 39-24 in the second quarter. Sadiq Bey had 16 of his 28 points. He made four three-pointers in the in the second quarter alone. Excuse me, in the second quarter, they got scored 39-24. That put them in a hole. They're down 50, they're down 17 at the half, they're, or they're down 20 at the half, so whatever it was, 19 at the half. Um, they could not climb out of that hole. Their offense just wasn't there, and, and their defense certainly wasn't there. The Magic got as close as 12 in the third quarter, but that was it. And it was just, again, a very, very poor effort with, yeah, maybe some flashes of, of okay basketball, but certainly not the level that we saw the Magic play over the last two weeks. And the important thing to remember here, and, and I got a few of these questions from people who are conflicted about what this Magic season should be and, and what the team should do and, and all that, and, and there shouldn't be any conflict. The Magic should be winning. Once you establish that you can win, that is the expectation. The expectation for this team is to win. To learn, sure, to take some lumps, but to win. And to do that, it takes what I talked about all episode yesterday. Intensity, energy, execution, uh, urgency, none of that was present for the Orlando Magic in this game. The Magic were, after that first maybe five-minute spurt when they had, I think it was a 19-10 lead, after that early spurt, the Pistons were taking it to them every time. They played like the team that needed the win, and, and they did. Four-game losing streak coming off a really bad loss to the LA Clippers where they lost a 14-point lead late in the game, ended up losing by 11 in overtime. This was a Pistons team very much motivated to win. And playing with, and honestly, emotions for them were high because they needed the win. The Magic played like they didn't. Um, and the last two nights, the Magic have played like they didn't need those wins. Guess what? They're still chasing. They need to believe that they're still chasing. They need to believe that they can do more. And they need to know that they need to come with the right uh, execution, right attention to detail to do it. 
Sure, Orlando had some bright glimmers, but they're just glimmers. Every team's going to have bright glimmers. It's, it's As Jamal Mosley says all the time, it's a game of runs. Everyone makes a run in the NBA. But you got to make that fatal run. you got to have that attention and energy that gets you there. And the last two nights, the last two outings, the Magic don't have it. Certainly the next game, perhaps the next two games, is going to force that attention to detail and that urgency because the Magic will be down players again. It's just got to be better. And, and, and what's worse is, it's not theoretically it can be better. We know it can be better. And so the team has to find that energy again. We're going to go through the box score, talk a little bit more about some of the individual struggles that the Magic had. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. Look, Daily Fantasy Sports Game is, is the new buzz. Everyone's playing a Daily Fantasy Sports Game. But honestly, those traditional Daily Fantasy Sports Games are impossible to win. I used to play some of those old, some of those games and some of those sites before. And frankly, I was happy every night if I made my money back. If I even made half of my money back. Because the prize pool, the, the player pools are just so big. You're playing against everybody else. That's just easy, easy money. It's not built for you to win. Prize picks is completely different though. It's not you against everyone else. It's you against the numbers. Believe that Paolo Bancaro is going to score 20 points in Friday's game against the Washington Wizards. Say he's going to score 20 points or more than 20 points in that game. Believe that Tom Brady's going to throw for 250 yards against the Carolina Panthers. Say that he'll throw for more or say that he'll throw for less. Either seems very, very possible. They actually do a really good job putting numbers out there that really make you pause and think. With prize picks, it's not you against everyone else. It's you versus the numbers. The way you play, you pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you want, including NBA, NFL, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. And the best part is, like I said, you can mix and match uh, with college football, with the bowl games going on, with NBA, with NFL. You can mix and match and create a nice little player pool to make a bunch of money. I made 30 bucks off a $20 bet over the weekend. Very, very fun. Very, very easy. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida as well as Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day. Every day for your next lesson, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories around the sports world in less than 20 minutes. 20 minutes or less, actually. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I didn't think I said the score there. Uh, the Magic lost 121-101. Again, game was, the second half was fairly academic. Orlando cut it to as close as 12. So let's go through the box. We'll kind of dissect a little bit of why the Magic struggled so much. Um, look, sometimes the math is really, really simple. Um, so I want to share some numbers because I, I do think that, you know, I do believe in don't get too high, don't get too low. You're never as bad as you look on your worst day. You're never as good as you look on your best day. And it's very, very possible that the Magic ran into two poor shooting teams the game plan was challenge, but let them shoot. Let them shoot from the outside. And the Lakers made threes. The Pistons made threes. The Pistons are a better shooting team than, than, than the Lakers, for sure. And I think Orlando did lose track of some of the Pistons' good shooters. So I'm not here saying the Magic played good defense. Um, But let's get some interesting numbers here. Orlando makes 35 field goals. They shoot just 41.2% from the floor, 85 field goal attempts. But 35 field goals. The Detroit Pistons made 36. So again, I would say this. Um, defensively, the Magic were bad. But they did do some good things. They had moments where they defended really, really well. Early in the first quarter especially, their defense was pretty on point, And I thought it was like, okay, they got, they got this. They figured this out. Um, and I do think the Magic's poor shooting affected their, their, their shots, uh, their, their defense on the other end. But they only gave up more than one field goal. In fact... The Magic did at least one thing that is very important for them to win. Uh, they didn't give up a ton of fast break points. Only three fast break points. The Pistons were one for two, so they didn't get out in transition. They didn't give up second chance points. The Pistons had 13 second chance points for three for eight, on three for eight shooting. Orlando had 19. Um, the Pistons only had 24 points in the paint. 12 for 24 from inside the paint. So... They're already, those are usually good indicators that the Magic are doing good things. We'll get to what they did wrong because they did a lot wrong here. The Magic had 54 points in the paint. That's a good number. That tells me the Magic were being aggressive, were being assertive. They got 34 free throw attempts in this game. Those are things that the Magic can do and the Magic do do that usually lead to wins. 50 of their 85 field goal attempts were in the land. And if you're doing the math right, that does mean Orlando shot 27 for 50 in the paint. The big issue in this game was the Magic just could not shoot. They could not finish. It didn't matter who it was. It was Paolo. It was Franz. It was Markel. It was Bull. It was Wendell. It was Mo. The Magic just did not shoot effectively enough in the paint. They got good shots. Um, the ball wasn't moving, but they were able to get in the paint. They were able to get to the line. Actually, the ball was moving decently. 24 assists on 35 field goal attempts. 
Detroit had 25 assists on 36 field goals, field goal on 36 field goals. So, like, there were a lot of areas where the Magic and Pistons were actually pretty close. And the Magic did a lot of things that they usually need to do to win games. There are two things the Magic didn't do and the reasons why they lost this game. First, they gave up 43 throw attempts. So the Pistons only getting 24 points in the paint on 24 field goals, that's hidden a little bit by the fouling. The Magic's biggest struggle defensively has been defending without fouling. They fouled a ton. Um, And some of it was bump fouls. Some of it was certainly the game was being called a lot tighter in the second half. And one thing that kept the Magic from being able to mount a run and make any serious run was the fouling in the third quarter. Uh, In the third quarter alone, the the Pistons took eight free free throws. The Magic took 10. So there's... These are two teams that do a very good job getting in the foul line anyway, but I think after the fight in the second quarter, game was called a lot tighter, and, and that kind of stunted and killed any momentum before it could really get going. Um, free throw shooting, though, is something that kept the game closer than it probably should have been for a long time. The big difference in the game, though, was three-point shooting. Detroit shoots 18 for 42 from beyond the arc. That's 42.9%. Good number of those pretty open uh, as the Magic collapsed in the paint pretty hard, and we're just late getting back out to three-point line. Magic just make 5 of 22. Again, I will give the Magic credit. They weren't making threes. They didn't take a ton of threes. They got to the basket. The field goal attempts in the paint suggest that. They got to the foul line. The free throw attempts suggest that. They hit the offensive glass. 15 offensive rebounds, including 6 for Wendell Carter. The Magic did some good things here. But they weren't able to convert, and then they weren't able to use defense as the backbone. If the Magic defended just a little bit, this is a close game. But because the Magic really struggled defensively, particularly in that second quarter when they when they got in the hole, because the Magic really struggled and, and couldn't kind of reel themselves back in, which was something they did a lot during the win streak, this game was over. This game was decided long before. And really, that just comes down to the second effort. Your coaches talk a lot about this. It's about the second effort. It's about, okay, you get the stop, but now you got to rotate back out to three-point line. you got to rotate out to the closeout. And when that ha- when that guy closes up, you got to make the third effort. You got to rotate back to the spot to stop stop the next the next the next part of the play. The Pistons were constantly first to the ball uh, on loose balls on 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 any 50-50 ball. The Magic were just not they just did not have that second effort and their perimeter defense wasn't great. It 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 it, it really just comes down to that. The three-point shooting is a product of not having that second effort. Uh and, and so that's what this game came down to. That's what this game was all about, was that second effort. Because even though the Magic didn't have a great game, even though the Magic didn't do a lot of things really, really well, they did do things that are usual markers of them winning. Scoring 50 points in the paint. That 50 points in the paint, 30 free throws, those are wins for the Orlando Magic. Those are those are things that usually result in wins. Completely dominating the paint that's a win. That's usually what wins for the Orlando Magic. So they had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. It wasn't turnovers this time. 13 turnovers for 15 Detroit points. 13 Detroit turnovers for 18 Orlando points. So they even won that. It was just this basic ability to challenge shots. And yeah, Detroit hit some shots. Like, look, Detroit hit some tough threes. You live with those. And if Detroit beats you because they, they make enough threes, they make enough contested threes, that's probably how you want to you want Detroit to beat you. But at the end of the day, the free throw shooting was too much. The fouling was too much. The perimeter defense was just very, very poor. And Orlando just did not have that extra oomph to get, get them over the hump. There's nothing I could say individually that's gonna, that, 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 that would 
drive that point home than the numbers I just shared. Orlando did some good things. I don't think this was an absolutely terrible game. It was not the same as the Lakers game. The Magic's effort was largely there, but they got frustrated, and they let the misses on offense affect their defense, and their defense just wasn't good enough. Um, Unlike the Lakers, they couldn't hang around late into this game. They were out of it in the second quarter, um, and and again, just they couldn't find momentum. They couldn't build momentum because they just were struggling so much uh, to, to make shots and to, to do what they needed to do. Just some basic uh, basic stats here. Franz Wagner leads the way with 19 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 6 rebounds. A lot of that coming. He had 11 in the second half when the game was already decided. Uh, he was 3 for 7 in the first first half. Um, so just, uh, it, I, I, I'll say this. It was good to see Franz get aggressive in the second half. Good to see him make some shots around the basket. Magic need more of that. So more of that, please, from Franz Wagner. Paolo Bancaro struggled again, 15 points, 4 for 12 shooting, 7 for 8 from the foul line. He had 5 fouls once again. Um, just, just He's settling for jumpers. The shots aren't going down. The, the, ball, the ball isn't moving, which is making his shots tougher too. So he's just got to find his rhythm again. The Magic's overall just got to do better moving the ball. The one, uh, Bull Bull with 11 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 6 rebounds. Um, he had some really good spurts, including a big dunk in the third quarter, but... Teams are hunting him defensively. I think he's really struggling to 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 uh, make that recognition and to react quickly on defense. Um, you know, I the numbers aren't good on on those jumble lineups. Um, it, it's it's you know we'll talk about this in, in a minute, but it's, it's probably time for to to make that change. Um, Wendell Carter, sixteen points off the bench, five for ten shooting, five for nine from the foul line, so a bunch of missed free throws for him, but eight rebounds. Um, Played 24 minutes, so that minute restriction is quickly coming off of both him and Gary Harris. Um, he will probably miss Friday's game because of the suspension that's that's probably coming to him, but I think Wendell Carter is probably cleared to be back in the starting lineup. I would expect him back in the starting lineup whatever game next he plays, especially considering the losing streak and the struggles the Magic are having now. It's time to start reestablishing that base, that new base for this team. Last guy I want to note, Cole, uh, Markel Fultz, 6 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, did some really good things. Was really the only player playing with much force and trying to get downhill. He just couldn't hit a shot. Two for 12 from the floor. A lot of those in spots that you expect him to make shots um, just just didn't have it. Just wasn't able to hit those shots consistently and, 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 and get himself going. Uh, so just a difficult game for him. The Pistons, again, really win this game uh, off the bench. 28 points, 8 for 16 shooting, 6 for 11 from deep for Sadiq Bey. He was 6 for 8 from the foul line. Alec Burks, 32 points, made his first 10 shots, 10 for 11, 6 for 7 from beyond the arc. That's 12 three-pointers, 12 of Detroit's 18 three-pointers from those two guys alone. Orlando just lost track of them on several occasions, and those are two shooters you need to worry about. So, just again, attention to detail. That's been the big thing. Attention to detail, second efforts on rotations. That's what was missing in this game, and, and, and that's ultimately why the Magic lose. Orlando falls to Detroit 121-101 to 101 on the road again. The Magic did look fatigued. I will give them that. They look tired. I personally, I would have, I would take more back-to-backs if the league got rid of home road back-to-backs like this one. It is insane to me that the Magic traveled from Orlando to Detroit to play this game. Um, it, it is it is a silly, ske- and then and they're traveling right back home. It is a silly scheduling quirk. It's something the league needs to get rid of. This was a schedule loss. Um, you know, should not have been a twenty-point loss. I'm not here to excuse the Magic's effort and, and attention, to detail, and energy. They could certainly, certainly, still could have and should have won this game um, if they played the way we know they're capable of playing. But this 
this was a this this was a loss that was built into the schedule. They looked very very tired. Their three point shooting certainly suggested that they were tired. Um, long trip, obviously, on the flight flight from Orlando, Detroit. Um, you just hope that the team can kind of get their legs back under them for a game on Friday. They'll have a couple. They'll have a bunch. Of, they'll have another four days off between games um, as they get ready for what's going to be a really difficult part of the schedule uh, when they start their West Coast road trip. They're not going to really have much time at home until February. Uh, in Jan- January is going to be a very road heavy month. Uh, they got what Jurassic World at the at the at the arena. It's 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 going to be a road heavy month coming up. So so Magic need to get that rest. Get 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 their get their legs under them. The Detroit Pistons again win one twenty one to one hundred one. We're going to talk about what comes next for the Orlando Magic in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional name your league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and more. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline too. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to preface this first by saying a two-game losing streak should not be a cause for panic. Um, They happen. Teams lose. You go through ups and downs through the course of the season. And the Magic, just because they're so young and so inconsistent, might swing wildly. So, again, I I said this about the first quarter of the season with how injured the Magic were. The things that we're complaining about with that group, with a very injury-depleted group, we're probably going to look back and laugh at. And and certainly, when the Magic were winning over the last two weeks, we we did. We looked back at that and we kind of laughed and said, man, if we just had a few more of those, we'd be in better shape. But... Um, it was a very, very different team. And I would say that, you know, yes, we may come to regret losing these games when it comes to the final result of the season, but these are going to be part of the necessary growing pains. So uh, uh, learning how to bring the right intensity, the right energy, the right effort, you could say all the right things, but actually doing it is the challenge. And, and, and learning how to do it and, and learning how to have that focus is the challenge. The reality is, though, this Magic team is going through change. Uh, and, and, and I think when you look at the pockets and moments when the Magic have struggled most, it has been when there is change. You know, the Magic struggled a ton with all the injuries that they had early in the season and the constant reshuffling of the lineup. Um, that, that hurt the team. That kept the team from getting any rhythm and... And kind of finding that flow, that base from which to grow on. They get healthy. They bring Cole Anthony and Marco Fultz back. They get Marco back in the lineup. And all of a sudden, the Magic start to look a little bit better. Really, the, the secret sauce to how well the Magic were playing for the last two weeks is they were healthy. 
They had the same lineup every single night. The rotations were fairly set. And while I think, yeah, I think some teams started to figure them out and the Magic were, were sometimes struggling to learn how to deal with success, eventually the Magic knew they would have to add Wendell Carter back in the fold. They'd have to add Gary Harris back in the fold. But eventually, yeah, Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs and Chumo KK are going to be back in the fold too. And so I think part of what we're seeing with the win over the Spurs, with the, these last two games against the Lakers and and the Pistons, I think part of what we're seeing and some of the struggles that we're seeing is a team readjusting, a team learning how to play together again. Now, look, a veteran team, this isn't an issue, and and you know I, I don't think this should be as big of an issue as it is for for the team, for this team, and for any group. They should be better. They should still feel fairly comfortable within their roles. But the reality is, it has been a struggle for this team. It's been a struggle for players. It's been a struggle for Jamal Mosley, to be perfectly honest. A lot of the complaints that I see are about lineups and, and the way players are grouped together. And look, I agree with a lot of it. Uh, I don't think Mo Bamba should ever log minutes with Wendell Carter. He is not a power forward. Wendell Carter is not a power forward. Let's stop trying to pretend that this is working. The Cole Anthony Markel Fultz pairing that I think a lot of people dislike, I can at least understand why they want to try that or, or why that makes some logical sense because it gives both players a chance to play. It gives them a little bit more minutes. It's there, there, There's been a very difficult balance in trying to find the right number of minutes and find the right way to reintroduce and play all these players. And look, Rotations and lineups, Mosley's lean more toward willing to experiment, willing to let things fail, and willing to let things ride when they do fail, as opposed to abandoning something for the sake of an individual win. That's that's that his he, he is a development coach. We're we're not we're still in the business of developing guys, and Mosley is willing to let players try and figure it out and flounder a little bit. Um, to, to see if something works or to see if they can figure it out, figure out a way to make it work. We are getting very, very close though. And like I said, I think it's going to happen the next game for Wendell Carter to rejoin the starting lineup. We are getting very, very close to the point where Jonathan Isaac will return and that's going to present some lineup problems, some lineup questions. In reality, mostly needs to do a better job managing his team in managing when players play and kind of setting those boundaries. Because what helped this team find success was that set rotation. It was the same players every night, the same lineups every night. Everyone got very, very comfortable and everyone got pretty good playing alongside each other. Why is the bench suddenly struggling as well? Because there are several new players being implemented and a bunch of different things trying to be accomplished at once. What has been what has been my big call for the Magic every time that they seem to struggle? Simplify. Simplify your sets. Simplify your roles. Simplify your lineups. Simplify everything. Make it simple so that they can master it. And from there, you can begin to sprout and move in different directions. I think that is where the Magic are at again. Yes, this is just a two-game losing streak. Yes, this is not a moment for extreme panic or to change a whole lot of what you're doing. 
But the way that the Magic have played and how poorly they played and how slow they're adjusting to funky lineups and to new players entering the rotation and, and frankly, square pegs trying to fit into round holes. The rotation was set for the players that they had at the time. Wendell Carter is not that player. Gary Harris is not those players. And while they should be able to more seamlessly fit into things, right now it feels like Mosley's trying to fit them into the rotation he had before rather than saying, what's going to help our players succeed? What's going to help our team succeed? This isn't a cookie-cutter thing. And again, I, I, I'll run the numbers. It's going to be up on a post on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but I can't imagine Wendell Carter and Mobamba have been very successful in their minutes together this year. I know for a fact that Bull Bull and Mobamba have not been in minutes together this year. There are a lot of things that this team should know by this point. And a lot of things that this team is still trying despite knowing that. And so my call again to just begin reintegrating these players more fully, to build that consistent rotation, is to simplify. You know, it. I will. I, I, I think I'm pretty much on record on this. I, I still think ultimately Bull Bull should not be in the starting lineup. That that the big lineup with Bull, Franz, and Paolo is a changeup rather than a fastball. Right now, the Magic I think are still getting killed on the perimeter because they don't have solid perimeter defenders, or they have Franz Wagner, who is a good defender but not fast enough to guard a lot of twos out on the perimeter in space when he is much more effective somewhere else. Certainly, Bull Bull is not effective defending players in space. He can certainly make up some of that space. He can certainly, his length certainly helps, but certainly it helps, you know, half half of the Magic's defensive schemes, I feel, are trying to hide some of Bull Bull's defensive deficiencies. At some point, yeah, Wendell Carter's going to rejoin the starting lineup, and I think it's going to be the next time that, that he plays. At some point, Gary Harris should probably be in that spot because he will give you that def- that solid defensive foundation and he can still switch and do all the things that this team wants to do. But it's got to be about keeping things simple. It's got to be about putting players in the right positions to succeed and in positions where even if they don't have their best stuff, even if things aren't working perfectly, players can still fill in and help. Players can still fill in and be in roles that they're comfortable in. I, I just feel like sometimes that when the Magic are really struggling, they're deep in the hole because they're doing things that they're really uncomfortable with. To me, that's always the message, though, is when you're struggling to simplify. And I think the Magic are at a point where they need to simplify again, where I think the Magic need to start saying, okay, we need to rebuild the consistency that will help us win. And there might be some bumps in the roads as everyone gets used to what to this new thing, but we got to get back to that level of consistency. And certainly doing it at home when you have a couple practices coming up and, and all that, that's an easier place to do it. Wendell Carter should be back in the starting line. The team is better with Wendell Carter. Everyone knows it. And, 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 and you can't hold it off anymore. And from there, the Magic need to build rotation and lineups that keep things simple that make it easier for players to complement each other instead of seemingly running into each other and duplicating or not using their skills at all. Like, 
Wendell Carter guarding players on the perimeter is not using his skills. Using Mo Bamba away from the basket is not using his skills. And these are simple, easy things that the Magic have to do. We are not in panic mode, nor should we be. Two bad losses are just two bad losses. That is always, it's about the next game. The next game is the most important game. Because you can't let this fester. You can't let this grow. Right? Frankly, after these two losses, the Magic need to play with the urgency that the Lakers and Pistons played with these last two games to break losing streaks. They've got to know they are capable of winning. And they got to play like they need that win more than their opponent. And before you get into any lineup changes or anything like that, it has to start with that. Energy, intensity, and urgency. That's what really matters for this Magic team right now. And they got to find it once again. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Hill, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them by sitting on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow, follow me on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Ross. And I'll see you again next time for another episode. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.